All right, everybody, listen to this resume right here. College dropout. The man has been fired multiple times. He, in fact, has been held at gunpoint and spent time in prison. His brother was murdered, drug dealer, and now a million-dollar contractor. He's here helping contractors win big with their branding and their process. This is a guy who's been there. He's actually done it. And today we're going to walk a journey with you through his life and what he is doing to help contractors across this country. His name, Benny Fisher. What's going on, buddy? Not much, man. Thanks for having me. It's nice for you to be here, man. I know the last conference we, we weren't able to connect. Um, time's got in the way and things like that. So um, it's nice to see you out here again, number one. You're still sticking with it. You're powerful in the brand. Um, but more importantly to me, you've got an unbelievable personal story, one that you told on many stages and to hundreds of thousands of contractors and probably even millions outside of that realm. Uh, I think it gives you a neat perspective on brands and a unique perspective on um, how to garner attention from potential customers because you've been on all sides of the business and truly all sides of life. Tell me a little bit, for those who have not met Benny Fisher, well, who is he, where do you come from, and why are you, why are you so passionate about the roofing business and you're out here doing this right now? Well, that's a lot of questions. I know. Um, Rolling away. Uh, let's, let's go with, like, why I'm here at the roofing industry. The roofing industry is the industry where I found, through relationships and through people, I've learned systems and I've learned stories to be able to help transform my life, my personal life, right? And it just so happens that I landed in the roofing industry. You know, I think the roofing industry found me, right, as a broken person. You know, you mentioned prison. That's a little bit of a stretch. I actually went to jail for like a day when they booked me for my drug felony trafficking charge because I never had a record. I didn't have to stay in prison. And I was really uh, blessed by um, the court system, I will say, that they gave me um, a second chance. I got probation, I had house arrest, I had all this stuff. I had to pay fines. I did community service. Um, but through that journey, roofing found me. My uncle was a commercial roofer. He said, hey, do you want to move to Pittsburgh? You know, I was living in Ohio at the time. Um, can you help me with some sales and marketing? Because you knew I had, you know, I was a good salesman, you know, when I was working at all these car dealerships and working at Verizon Wireless and GE Money. And, and you also knew that, like, I got a felony on my record and I'm never going like, to be able to get a real job ever again, you know? Yeah. And so I just learned small business. And, you know, someone that looks like you, talks like you, and it's like, man, like, I, I, I can feel it. And I've never been around small business before. And, um, and then it was all about the people though. It's like, I love the people because my whole life growing up, you know, I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was seven, this is back in the late eighties. Right. And like, nobody knew about that. My parents, you know, just said, why can't you just follow these rules and do these things? And I was always all over the place. And my teachers did the same thing. And my friends, one minute they love me. The next minute they call me annoying because I talk too much. And I was just trying to express what was inside my heart. Right. Cause I have like the biggest heart that you can even like imagine. I just sometimes struggle with communicating what was on my mind because the whole world beats you up. You know, as you come out as a baby, the whole world beats you up. And uh, I'm on my therapy journey. I'm my, I've been doing some meditation, some journaling. Uh, on this transformation path, I've learned that, like, we're all products of our environment. Everyone's got a story, right? That's what you're here for, right? You're, you're helping other people shed, the, shed light on their stories, right? Because there's someone out there that's listening right now. That's struggling with something, right? There's one little part of my story. There's one little part of your story that almost everybody can relate with something, mm -hmm. right? And I think as humans, we're just trying to figure out, like, how can we be better? 
you know, we're all, I think we're all made in God's likeness. So I think we're all creators of some size. Some people like to build stuff. Some people like to draw stuff. Some people like to broadcast, right? Like we're all creators. And I think that we have a, a duty um, to keep creating, right? But we get beat down and then we get people tell us like, oh, you can't do that. Oh, like that's impossible. And it's like, I'm kind of here to prove them like that. Hey, like, no, you can do whatever you want to do. You just got to believe it. You got to dream it. And then you have to have an action plan and a process to follow it up. Because that's one thing I lacked for like the first 38 years of my life. <laughs> like I'm 41. So I didn't have the process on, on how to do it. So you talked about turning your life around, which I think it's a very interesting thing. I have a philosophy or I have a thought that no one changes their life over time. You change in a moment. People who say things like, well, he changed a lot over the last two years. No, at one moment, he made a decision to change. In one moment, he said, I'm not going to put the alcohol down. In one moment, he said, I'm going to go to the gym. There were moments along that way that were good choices that led to an overall change that somebody can see years later. I want you to talk about the moment, if you could, for people that changed your life. And not just a moment. I'm really interested in what went through your head after. Um, you know, sometimes we have an event happen to us or we decide that we're going to work out more. It could be something small or big. What happened and what was Benny's thought process after it happened to, to start to turn that ship in your life? Well, there's been a couple of them I'm in my life, but like the, the most recent and the biggest one um, that's going to have like the most like impact probably is when two years after starting my business, I had a nice successful business. You know, I had, uh, joined a country club right before that. I never thought I'd be in a country club trying to network, trying to level up, trying to learn from people that are smarter than me. Uh, came home from the golf course one day and nobody knew, but I was struggling. I, I would escape through drug addiction, right? And then I, I, I picked up, uh, I, I knew that Percocet and Oxycontin were, um, you know, two drugs that could like make me just numb out and like not have to deal with all the problems of business and trying to have a family and dealing with all that stuff. And I almost died. I mean, I took a, a fake pill at fentanyl. I mean, you see it in the news all the time, you know, it's like, I always thought like that could never happen to me, right? And here I am. And nobody knows. And I wake up three days after being in intensive care. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? I've went through all this stuff. You know, I've overcome so much stuff. And I just keep going back. Like, what is wrong with me? And I realized it's like, I have all these dreams. I just don't know how to get there. And I just started talking to other people. And it was through this industry. It was coming to events just like this that I would talk to other people. Then I was like, like, how do I do this? How do I do that? I was just asking questions, you know, kind of like the annoying side of me when I was a kid, like, Hey, how do you do this? How do you do? But now there's people that kind of respect me because I'm an owner of a roofing company and I'm asking questions and they're kind of giving me their ways and how to do things. And it's like, you, you pick up little pieces of, of everybody. Right. And you find out what we're, and then something clicks. Right. And for me, it was process. Like I am not a process guy. Like I don't come out of like, it's just like, I love process now because I just hate like getting it started. And once I started learning systems, I'm like, I can operate, I can be the true me, the real me through a system. Like I have guardrails, right? And as long as I have a system and now I have a system at work, I have a system at home and I've kind of taken that system, that process, that framework and really been able to make changes in my life. And I'd like to disagree with you a little bit on like, you know, yes, there's a big moment that kind of gets it started. But when you're on the journey of um, always trying to get a little bit better, there are some times that, like, you learn something. Like, there might be something that you share with me today that I might take away that I might start to implement a little bit at a time, you know. And over time, those little changes, they start – the output starts to show. You might not see it in two years, right? It might not, not be three years. But eventually, if you keep staying consistent 
at improving eventually like it's wow but yes the big moment was probably that that wake-up call for sure yep. and, and it's, it's a huge wake-up call it's one that you may not have been able to recover from it yeah, yeah yeah i think what i say about the moments you know I, I think about the moments in our life that you know somebody wants to get in shape you, you know every day i get home i never want to go to the gym i don't enjoy it i don't enjoy it at all never have um and i think that we all have moments hundreds of them in our day to make a choice to sit down at this podcast, to, to walk over there. I mean, should I go outside there and get a bagel for, for lunch or should I try to find something more healthy if I want my... And so I have to make these individual choices throughout my day. And every single time I make one of those choices, my life either moves further or closer to the goal in which I have. And so when I when I talk to people, I'm like, well, you know, I'm trying to change. and trying because you can change right now. You can get up off the couch with a physical action. You can go to the gym. You can start that if you want to start it. There's nothing preventing you from it. You have to make a choice in a moment in order to begin to see the bigger thing roll. You made a choice to get processes and procedures. Well, now you don't have to think about that stuff. That's a choice that pays dividends for years. Mm -hmm. I mean, but no one wants to seem to, to make choices that are difficult. And then I think that choices have momentum. And unfortunately, when you make a bad choice, you feel like crap about yourself. And then you feel like you're worth making another bad choice. But, you know, you, you don't go to the gym and then the pizza sounds good. It's two bad choices. Yeah, that's the one thing I still struggle with. Like, that's the worst part, right? Because, like, part of, like, my first addiction was the food addiction. You know, I left the, I left the, I left my, I left, you know, my mom's, you know, reign, you know, when I was 18. And I was like, oh, there's no rules. I can go do whatever I want. And then I started making money, right, selling cars. And I'm like, and so I, because I was afraid of drugs back in the early days. Sure. And so food was my drug. And I gained, I went from 175 to 375. Like I've gained like 200 pounds and like, I don't know, over the course of like five or six years. And then because like, you can't like just eat yourself to death. Then I started to like, you know, tinker with the drugs and the alcohol. Right. Cause like, it just, there wasn't enough. Cause I was so miserable inside. Like something like just, it was so hard. Right. To like figure out like, like deep down in my heart, I had it. I couldn't figure out how to get it from here to here and then out to like make something happen and it's been a rough road but i tell you what life is a lot better now that i've went through some of that stuff i don't uh, recommend anybody going through what i went through i think that um if you can kind of challenge yourself to uh kind of listen to some of those stories and say all right like well i don't need to go that dark right to like go that light mm -hmm. um you can just do the, like the little things but you're right every decision is a choice and you have to just decide to do it right and uh and i think the decisions start with a physical action always you know, physical action, meaning put the beer down. You literally did something. Walk away from the drug table before the lines of coke. Do this and walk to the end of the block and back. You did something. But if you want to make an impact, if you want to make better choices, you've got, it starts with physical action, in my opinion. It starts with if you want to go meet the girl, walk up to the bar and say hello. A physical action. Um, you want to stop, you know, watching certain kinds of things on the Internet. Do it. Just put it down. It's a win. Um, but too much of the conversation tends to go on in our head instead of the physical actions in which we take. Do you think that people uh, see? I'm and I. That sounds easier said than done, though, Patrick. You, you're, you're right. You're right. You're like just like just decide and do it, right? But like what? I, like me, I needed to understand the why. I needed to understand like why I'm like that. Like you know, talk about the girl. That, like. Why is the girl like what, what's what's going on in her world? Like when I go to meet her and go to try to talk to her, what what kind of objections is she going to give me? What kind of body language? You know, like there's you have to understand kind of first of all who you are, 
And then you have to pay attention and ask a lot of good questions. This is what I love about podcasts, right? Like it forces us as the host to ask really good questions, right? And then as you ask more questions to different people, I'm sure this is transforming your life as you start to actually get in the minds of other people. And then when you go out in the world, when, when all the lights are down and the cameras are off, you're probably developing as a better human being because now you have more empathy, right? And I think it starts from within. I think that you have to like try to understand your why. And then once you understand your why, then it makes it easier to make that decision. Because when you just say, you know, it's like my mom telling me, just don't do it. Well, shit, she tried that for years. And like, I, I was like this. Yeah. I mean, because rules and regulations just aren't enough. Yeah. So I think let's take the girl at the bar or a cigarette, whatever someone wants to say, something they've got a problem with right now. They know they should do it, but they don't. My thought, it comes down to one thing. You have built your identity around the outcome of what you're supposed to do. I'll give you an example. You go and you try to talk to the girl at the bar. And you don't go up. You're like, I know I should. I want to. I like her. She's actually been giving me a look. But I don't. <laughs> it's because your identity that you have for yourself is built into her response to you approaching her. Mm-hmm. That comes from not having a self-identity that is unbreakable. And now when she says, get lost, or I was looking at the guy next to you, not you, whatever mean thing you put into your head that she's going to say, I believe that now you've made that part of your identity. Your identity is so weak that you have let that person you don't know break right through your little shell armor and tell you you're not worth it. Yes. And in other words, if I don't do that blow, if I don't do the cigarette, these are things that, man, I'm not going to have friends or I'm not going to have fun. I'm not going to be accepted because that fun is part of the identity. And if you can break away and find a self-identity, you can break it through, in my opinion, and take physical action. But people are scared. They have, they're insecure. Um, and I'm saying this because I had the same problem. I'm working on it. Um, and so I think that that's a place to start. Make better decisions in the moment with physical action in a way that you are so self-confident, um, you're not going to let that person's reaction mess with your identity that you already built with yourself. I think identity is important. And I, I was attached, right? You know, I, I, there's a lot of people, you all know the high school sports stars, right? Like yes. that. That like after they graduated high school and they, they didn't make it to college or they don't go to the pros or even after the pros retire, yeah. their whole identity is based on that acceptance of yes. the fans, right? And same thing happened with me and my company. So for the first two years, I was like, oh, the Big Fish Contracting Company. Like I made something out of myself. I was so proud, right? But then my identity was so tied up in that to when like things were going bad, right? Or I was struggling, like I was struggling. Like, like when it was good, I was good, right? Like yeah. it's just like this yo-yo approach. And one thing I learned from one of my mentors is that you have to be able to understand who you are as like an individual and like 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 what God created you to do. Like what is your purpose in life? Figure out like what your why is, figure out what your destination is, kind of come up with a plan to work backwards to get there. So then that way. When you come up to me and say, hey, let's go do something that it's not aligned with like what my vision is, it's really easy for me to say no, because again, I already have the path of like, oh, this is where I want to be. I'm going to have to go here, 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 work it all the way backwards to when if oh, if someone comes up to me and approaches me with like a new idea or new something, I'm like, ah, you know, that's, that's not, that's not in the guardrails, mm. right? Because a lot of us don't have that because we don't have a plan. We're walking around on this planet 
like just getting punched in the face all day with all these shiny objects everywhere. And no one's actually sat us down and really care about us enough to kind of teach us that because everyone's got their own problems. No one listens to anybody, right? Like there's no empathy hardly at all in the world, right? At the end of the day, like everyone's just trying to survive or like, you know, in this, you know, I love America, right? Capitalism, right? Like it's good. But then like, we're all busy being busy. No one's got time for each other, you know? Now, the why thing, I wanted to ask you this question because I've, I've never asked it before to a guest, but I hear them say it a lot. You got to find your why in order to, you know, figure out, how, figure the, the path out, why you do what you do. There are a lot of people, though, Benny, they find their why. They know I'm doing it for family is a good one, or I'm doing it because, I don't know, my mother. It's not deep enough. It's okay. So this is what I want to ask you, go elaborate on it, which is if people are finding their why, why are they still failing at a rate they do in this industry within roofing businesses? Because so many fail. What is it that, what are they missing that link? So most of them chase the money because I talk to contractors all the time. So the first thing that gets you in, and there's nothing wrong with it, right? Like you got to survive. You got to pay your bills, right? Like you got to get some money, right? Yes. Then some of them want the fame and like what, what comes with that, right? And that's that's good for a season. But after that runs out, because it will, like, I mean, at the end of the day, you can just look at all these athletes that we can look at, right? Like, and you can see like some guys like make it after they retire. Some guys don't. Most of them don't. <laughs> And the reason is, is because it's not all about the money or the things because those, again, I know this is so cliche, money doesn't buy happiness. Mm. It doesn't. I've had a lot of money. I've had no money. And money is like the, the root of all evil. That's really true, right? Because, again, if we chase that, that's our identity. Well, when money is low, then are we going to be bad? Like, why can't we just be good humans all the time? And money is just a tool that we use, right? So it starts with that with a lot of, if we're talking about entrepreneurs and contractors, a lot of it's because they don't go deep enough. They just, oh, I want to like, you know, take my family. It's all about my family and it's all about my trucks. Well, what happens when your family lets you down? If your wife lets you down, your kids let you down, because you know they will, it's inevitable. When your company lets you down, like, are you just going to like crumble with them? Yeah. Or are you going to stand up and be somebody and actually stand on your solid foundation that's unbreakable? I think you mentioned it a little bit before. Like it's on, like you got to be unbreakable. So then that way, guess what? You can help those people when they fall, you can pick them back up. Or when you start to like feel like you have, that's why you have to surround yourself with good mentors, um, get around a, an environment that uh, is people are going to help you, right? Like you got to know who you can call for help, right? To like pull you up. And there's also, there's people that are going to pull me up, but then there's also people that I know that are going to, I'm that guy for them, but I got to pull them up. Mm -hmm. And it's like a carousel, you know, like the carousels at like the carnivals. So I look at it like we're all on a carousel. Let's just say there's five people. You're, you you want to be around the five people that, that can help you on a carousel. But there's a carousel running above you. And there's a carousel running below you. And life is like a stacked carousel. There's going like this. And then there's a stack of them. And then there's a ladder from each carousel. And you can go up a carousel. So when you're like the, at the top of your food chain and the five people that you surround yourself with. All right. Now it's time to climb up the carousel to be the fifth person on that new carousel or sometimes hey man let's go party oh guess what dude i can drop a car i can actually take a parachute and like drop down and like drop four carousels down and then i gotta get on that carousel i gotta work my way back up right and when i say work i just mean you gotta surround yourself with an environment if you're not where you want to be you can't just go from you know zero to hero overnight you know you might in your own mind but i mean like you gotta start you know Surround yourself with five people that you can at least get yourself around. And then once you kind of tap that circle out, because again, if you're growing, you're either growing or dying or staying the same, and that's a fine. But this carousel analogy, and I want to get this through 3D created so people can understand it. I see it. But 
it's that's all we're spent we're going in a circle and then we're going up and we're going down mm-hmm. and, and it's like it's it's kind of up to you and we're all part of uh and that's what i love about humans that's what i love about people that's what i love about connection we all have different strengths and weaknesses um we're all a little bit different the only way we find out is asking good questions you know and trying to really understand people and uh i i think that's a really important part of life that i've learned Recently, I had Chris Scoville on my podcast, and he described this company, this product, perfectly. It's like a transformer for roofing. I'm talking about Equipter, everyone. Listen, I'm going to continue talking about it until everybody gets on board. If you are not using Equipter within your roofing or debris removal company, man, you're missing out. I don't know how many times I can tell you it's going to make you more efficient. It's going to get more jobs done. You're going to be quicker on the sites. You're going to be safer. You're going to lower your cost and make more money. It's that simple. Now, every excuse I hear out there about money or it tears up a yard, any of that is absolute baloney, as my mother would say, because I've been able to get out there and I've seen it personally, what it does for companies. The best in the country are using Equipter because it does right by their job site, right by their homeowner, all right? And then on top of it, the marketing opportunities are incredible. Um, I'm big fans of the crew over there up in PA. They make an American-made product that is built to last. This thing ain't gonna break, everyone. They've got it covered with financing so you can get involved and begin surpassing your competition because you're going to do more with what you have. Cost is the name of the game right now and they are lowering at Equipter. Get on board with them. It's Equipter.com. You'll see it across the bottom of the screen. I support this company because of what they do for contractors, what they do for their bottom line, and how they are helping them surpass and dominate their competition in their region. Again, Equipter.com. It's across the bottom of the screen right now. Get involved with them and let them know Patrick sent you, all right? Thank you. I think maybe you've experienced both sides of this. I would tell, tell people this. Tell me if you agree. Um, when things go wrong in your life, you usually have somebody you can call. You know, maybe when you're younger, it's dad and mom. Later, it might be a mentor in life. Um, there's always somebody that you might be able to fall back on. But if you're at a point in your life where you feel like you don't have anybody to call, mm-hmm. you might be the person everybody else is calling. And you could be just where you're supposed to be, stepping into a more of a leadership role. And then you step into that role and you find people that you can call and lift you up. I like your carousel. I think that I'm going to extend it a little bit. Tell me what you think, sir. Somebody pulls you up, and then you sit on the ride for a while, right? And you don't got anybody there because you don't have anybody you can call. And finally, you see the hand down there, and you grab it, and that's the person now that you're picking you up. No, there's always five people up there. You just have to get in their circle. So like the girl at the bar that you're afraid to go up to, you got to get out of your comfort zone and reach up because when you're the – when you're the when you're the, the the number one guy or girl out of your five riding around the carousel, you know that's your like environment, and then you reach that status of like, all right, boom, now it's time to look up, get uncomfortable again, and grow, mm-hmm. and now you're gonna be the fifth person on the new carousel, working and and, and adding value and doing whatever you got to do to like learn and grow, and then eventually you'll be the number one. It's like a constant revolving, like, I have to put numbers to it because it's in, it can go infinite, right? Sure, but, like, okay. but if you just use five, right? Because everyone says you're the, you're the product of the five people you hang out with the most, right? Sure. Like, that's, we've all heard that. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, this is what that means. You're hanging out with those people. You're only as strong as the weakest link of those five, really. Now, some people would say then, Benny, you know, entrepreneurship is lonely, though. And it's a lonely game. That's why we're here, hanging out with other entrepreneurs that are doing things that are bigger, better, faster, stronger than us. And there's also guys that we can help. Yeah. So I, I wonder how lonely is it at the top? 
Um, or how lonely is it when you're close to the top? Because, you know, what I've struggled with is I think there are times in life where you feel like you got a hundred people you can fall back on. And then you feel like you start a business or you get big in it, or you go down a different avenue and you got the film crews and you got all these people around you. And yet it still feels extremely alone. Um, because you're doing things and you have worries and you have these things that bog you down that other people don't know about and you can't tell them about because that's not their job to worry about what you've done. And so I, I'm trying to picture, I'm thinking in my own life, how lonely it has been at times, even though you're on camera or you got someone standing right there or you're interviewing someone. It can still feel very lonely, like there aren't hands on that steer or on that carousel that are bringing you up to the next round. Let's put it that way. Um, so that's when you have to rely on people just for people's sake, right? Um, that's a very—I mean, I could talk for four hours about like that concept that you just said. But at the end of the day, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I, I became a Christian when I was seven years old, and I'm lucky for that because like that became inside my heart, and I always knew that there was a higher being, right? Like there's a higher power. And so for those people that are do feel alone, but God created all of us, right? So I'm a, I'm a big fan of that too. Um, and I think we can learn a lot from each other. But ultimately, if you have that relationship, that can supersede if you feel alone. And, but I will say, though, you need to get around other people that are doing the things that you want to be doing or you in those circles, right? And you have to get a little uncomfortable, right? Like we're at a conference right now. And there's, we're looking at 50, 60, 70, 100 people just right now, right in front of our, our, our vision. And there's someone that needs our help. And then there's someone else that can help us. They're out there. You don't know where they're at. You have to ask questions. You have to add value, right? Like you have to like, you have to network your, they say this is cliche too. Your network equals your net worth. It's so true though. Because to me, relationships is the only currency in life that matters. Money don't matter relationships matter because guess what i could you don't know how much money i have in my bank account sure. you have no idea i could i could have 10 billion dollars and i could have zero but like a year from now if i come up to you you're not going to know about you're not going to know either way, where i'm at 10 billion or zero unless i tell you and if i tell you cool like and at the end of the day if you're a good human you're not really going to care if i'm struggling with something that you can help me with if you're actually a good human Okay, so let's, let's dive into that here, because we talked about the why. I get that. I'm going to work this into my head. I don't have an answer to this, okay? But maybe you do, so if I'm going to ask. I don't have an answer. I'm going to help find one, though. Is it, therefore, a, I'm going to say quality. I'm going to say righteous. I'm, I'm looking for the right word. Is it a, I'm going to go with righteous. I'm going to go with that word. Is it a righteous thing to do, then, to chase money, to make money your goal, and, or is it wrong? Wrong doesn't seem like the right word, but righteous or wrong to chase money. Because sometimes I struggle with the fact that maybe you do just want to be famous. Okay, maybe you do just want to make a hell of a lot of money and go to the strip club. Maybe that's fun. Maybe that is you. All right. And I therefore wonder, okay, if you did make that part of your identity of who you are, is that necessarily a bad thing? Or could it be a bad thing, depending on what you're chasing it for? I'm trying to figure yeah, that out. Yeah, so it really all depends on why. Because a lot of times when people chase things, it's because there's a hole they're trying to fill. Mm -hmm. Okay? And when there's a hole, they're trying to fill it with stuff. 
whatever that stuff is, we all have our own stuff that we like, right? Like sure. whatever it is, right? Um, and it's okay as long as you own it and you're okay with the consequences that that, that brings those, that type of, you know, that specific example, there's, there's consequences and there's good and bad to everything that you do, but don't be the guy that's crying on the blues. If you know, you're at the strip club and all of a sudden other, you know, two, two homies come in and shoot the place up and you get bullet holes in your thing. And like, you're like, Oh man, I was all right. And high. like, like we're like, things are going to happen. But like, if, if you say, man, that's what I do. And that's why I'm, Hey man, you got to be you. Right. And I think a lot of people get in this whole shift where they're always trying to be like somebody else. And they're always trying to like shift their identity. You talked about identity. We talked about identity a little bit. And so when you're not grounded in yourself, you start to latch on all these other identities. I mean, I've been there, done that. And sometimes I still have tendencies, right? Like I, I can feel it. Oh, oh, I want to be like that guy. Oh, I want to be like that guy. I'm like, no, I like a little part of that guy because I don't know that guy all the way. Like we'll never know all of us all the way. It's impossible. Shoot, we barely know ourselves. Yeah. Like, and some people have done a lot of work on themselves still don't know themselves all the way. It's a self-discovery, right? But when we get in the trap, of like, oh, I want to be like that guy. You know, I get in this trap like, oh, Tony Robbins, man. Like, if I could just be like him. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's things with Tony Robbins that I just don't know about that I don't probably don't like, right? Gary Vee's another one of my like, guys that I really meant, like, I admire most of the things, right? You know, I don't want to work like that guy. Like, I, don't, I want to take a vacation, right? Like, so you got to take bits and pieces of a, a little bit, kind of form your own way. But I think that's what God created us all for. God created, we're all storytellers. We just don't know it. Yeah, me and you might do it a little bit more on a production side of things, right? Like, because we know we can broadcast to many. But at the end of the day, like, every, we're all watching people. Like, I'm watching this guy right behind you. You know what I mean? I'm watching him. Like, I'm watching what he does. I'm watching how he acts. Like, I, I want to learn from him. I want to learn, learn from all the humans. The only reason we're all here is because we learned how to get, like, do all this stuff. Like, I mean, it's not like you come out of the womb and know how to set up all this equipment and all this lights. And it's like we have to learn from each other, right, and from the people before us, right? That's why there's books. That's why there's videos. That's why there's stories just, like, that are passed down from generation to generation, you know. And now, you know, we have the cool technology that we're able to, like, share. This story will be out forever. Yeah. You know, our team has been fortunate enough to work with a number of contractors who are using Ugly Roof. I've talked about them many times on this show, roof rejuvenation. It means that you may not have to replace the roof, you may not have to repair it, but you can offer homeowners an opportunity to bring life back into the roof with rejuvenation. You know, I get asked this question a lot. What's the difference between one company that does it and another? Is there actually any difference in the product or does one work better than the other? I would ask people this, don't look at it that way. Instead ask what kind of service do they offer? Here's one big distinction between Ugly Roof and the competition. With Ugly Roof, you get to keep your name. You get to keep that name that built you the business that you have. So in other words, it might be Patrick Carr's Roofing that's offering roof rejuvenation to my client. Unlike other companies that may force you to actually bring on their name. So now I wanna be Patrick Carr's Roofing, I would actually be their name. That takes away from the genuine feeling that you're going to have with your customer. It takes away from that hometown feel, that small local company that's going to give them that kind of service, the kind of service that they deserve. So before you jump on with roof rejuvenation, if you're a contractor or if you're a homeowner, you need to ask that question. Who am I working with? Am I working with my local contractor or am I working with a big box company over here? The difference is going to be the customer service that you receive and what you should expect 
when you call that number for roof rejuvenation. Ask that question if you're a contractor, ask it if you're a homeowner, and I can promise you're gonna get better customer service. You know, I think it was, and I, I try not to quote him too much on here because Lord knows people have different feelings about Joe Rogan. Um, but I'm sure you've heard this before, is that it might be a good idea to figure out where you want to be in the end, where you want that place to be. And I've tried doing this, and it's much more difficult than I thought, to sit down and close your eyes and to say, where is it that I want to be right now in like 50, 20 years? Mm -hmm. Where do I want to be sitting at? What wants to be around me? And I think you've done a better job of this than anyone in this room. And then act like you have a film crew that is following you around from right now until you actually get to where you want to be. How would you act if you knew you were going to get there? You knew it. It was 100% guaranteed. But this film crew has to follow you around for the rest of your life to get you there. And at the end, they're going to make a documentary on your life. How would you act every single day? You'd probably act like a person who could be the most productive person of themselves. You set a standard. Yeah. You set a standard, right? So you, that's why, again, you, you have to, and it takes, it, you can't do this in 20 minutes. You can't do this in 30 minutes. I actually help. I love help. That's my, one of my favorite things working with other entrepreneurs. Like the only thing I'm actually going to say is like, well, what do you want to be known for? What you, I just want to help unlock your why through a question, a asking you questions and pushing you a little bit, getting you outside of your comfort zone. As long as you trust me, you know, me, you can do this you know, next week. If you want, I will, I will ask you some really hard questions that you've never asked before. Cause I get in a room. I've been in these sales workshop, marketing workshops. I'll ask around, Hey, what's everybody want? Oh yeah. I want to make a million dollars. Why? Yeah. Go ahead. Why? For me? Yeah. See, I don't, for me, it's not the million. No, dollars. I know. I'm just saying, no. but like here, just so. I want to take care of my family and buy right. a house. Okay, but why? Uh, then in that case, probably someone's going to say, because I love them and I want them to have a better life than me. But why? Because my life was sucky in the beginning and I felt like I didn't get everything I wanted. Tell me a little bit more about that. Right. Yeah, see what I'm saying? And so what you want to do is create this story, right, of your past self and then of your future self. Because I think manifestation is real. I think visualization is real. Like, I know a lot of the gurus talk about it. It's because they know. Because they've gotten there through dreaming it and then putting a plan together on how to get there. And then when you set the standard at such a high level and you commit, we talked about it. Like you're obviously a gym guy, right? Like, you commit to it, right? Whether you like it or not. You know, like, you committed to it. And, like, that's what you're going to do. But that's only one aspect of your life. How do you become, like, you know... How do you become like whole, like in all parts of your life, right? And then one of the things I'm still working on that is the the whole gym thing, right? Because people can see on the outside easily. Like I can tell that you work out right away. But you can't see what's inside my heart. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's great. And there's way more in here than, than anything on the external. I, I mean, anytime. But, you know, I could say that and say like, yeah, I got to work on that, right? There's a lot of addiction because of the world beating me up, right? There's like that's just my personal story, but we all have that, you know. We all have that, whether it's spiritual, physical, mental. You know, I think those are like the three things that, like, you know, if you can get those all operating at a high level, um, I think it's going to be somebody that pe people are going to go to, and they're going to say, "Hey, man, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? And how did you get there?" So you work with a lot of the contractors in the blue collar world. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people like let's say Joseph Hughes, successful individual. Um, you, you've got the camera crews working with Adam Sand, and he, he's been very successful. Is there a common thread that you have found yet between people who are successful and do well within the blue-collar industries or any industry 
and those that tend to have the dreams but don't reach where they want to reach. Is there a common thread that you can think you can go, listen, these people, they always have this, or I see this in them? I mean, everyone's so different. Everyone's on their own journey. And I, and I hate to, like, everyone has their challenges, no matter what. Even the, the if you go to Mongolia right now, go up into the mountains and find, like, the, the monk that is, like, got everything figured out, he's still got his challenges. And he'll tell you that. Right. And so I think a lot of the comments, especially in the in, in entrepreneurship, very few people can be an entrepreneur. Um, it is something I think that you, you have a unique. Uh, there's a chemical or something there. There's something about you that, you know, a lot of it has, you know, you have, a, have to have a lot of ideas and you have to be able to take action on those ideas. Well, a lot of people have ideas, but then they lack the action. But then a lot of people have ideas and then take the action and then also aren't very smooth when they take the action, right? Like I, I'm looking at myself because I'm thinking like, all right, I had the ideas. Sometimes I lack the action. All right, well, then I got the action, but then I lack the process. All right, well, then I got to get the process. And then because we need people, we have to pour into people. You can't be an entrepreneur without people. Like we, here, you can't be a human without people. I tell people all the day, you can't even wipe your butt in America without having to go to the grocery store to buy a roll of toilet paper from a cashier that somebody stocked that toilet paper, somebody made that toilet paper. It's like, it, it takes a total team effort to wipe your butt. <laughs> Think about that for a second. We all need each other. And as soon as we start like figuring that out, we can be a lot nicer to each other. We can start loving each other a little bit more for their for what they're good at and, and you know and then helping them for with what they're struggling with we don't have to like cast all this like hate and like this like just oh you know i'm better than you like there's just so much of that going on and i see it and i get it man it's easy it's easy to talk about what everybody else is doing and like you know shine a light over there you know why because we don't want to shine a light on ourselves. Mm -hmm. you know we don't want to get naked in front of the world mm -hmm. i don't know if, yeah it's true i can see that couple questions left for you all right. it could have been an interesting road to go down here yeah i'm sorry <laughs> i don't know no i love it I'm, all right cool i'm fine with me i'd rather <laughs> talk about this in contracting yeah you know me too um, <laughs> that's why i do what i do yeah so let's talk you know jealousy um mm. it tends to cause people a lot of problems in their let's say their professional life as well as their personal life jealousy of your partner jealousy of their success jealousy of a man or woman that they used to be with or are you know with now or something Jealousy is a powerful, powerful thing. Um, it can change somebody's mood, how they look at the world. Um, have you felt that, um, that, that tug of it when you look and you work with people like you are right now? And how have you, uh, how do you move past that to continue to be a person that is a good person to be around? Because you can tell the jealousy when it reaches into somebody. Mm. So how have you... How have you, let's say that like, you've struggled with that. It's easy to cross over that line, oh, I yeah. mean, but where do you sit on it? How do you stay on one side versus the other? Well, I mean, back in my younger years, you know, like, you know, when somebody would like have a Ferrari or Lamborghini and I thought that was cool because I never thought I could ever have one. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Right. Like, you know, the guys with the Lambos right now we're in Florida. Right. Like, that's a thing. You know, I feel like you go to Miami. Like, that's a thing. Like, I mean, like, if you don't have a Lambo, like, you ain't, you ain't anybody. But that's not true. Like, right? Like, we know that, right? We know that because, but we didn't know that when we were 20 because, like, you know, we thought, like, because no one was there to mentor or teach us that, like, 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 that, that, you know, what, what did that guy have to do to get that? I don't know. 
I just saw that he has it. Like, I don't know if he robbed. I don't know if he stole. I don't know if he's got some illicit thing going on. I don't know if he's the pastor of an awesome church and people just keep giving. Like, it doesn't really matter. And that's why you have to, like, be so grounded in, like, who you are. And, though, like, you know, for instance, Kurt Lennington was up there, right? I follow this guy on Facebook. He just bought that Bugatti. And I'm like, dude, they're like, yeah, I like nice things, too. But and then I catch myself and I'm like, who do I have to become to get that Bugatti in the best, most wholesome way possible. So that way it isn't out of like, I'm trying to achieve just to get something because I know once I do that and then that, and then like that, like thing doesn't fulfill me anymore, whatever it is, you know, I'm, I'm using like the stuff that's typical, right. That we can see. Right. But as soon as that doesn't fulfill me, and then what do I do? I got to keep working. I got to keep trying it. I got to keep, and it's like, I got to tear people. Sometimes people tear people down to get there. You know, I like the Gary Vee thing where it's like, hey, let's build everybody up to get there, you know, and I think that that matters more. And I think that you can't judge somebody on a micro moment in time. I think that it's only fair to look at their full body of work. First of all, we shouldn't judge anybody, but you have to like obviously pick and choose who you spend time on. Right. And you're going to do that based on a full body of work. And, you know, like, you know, it's one thing to spend a half hour with somebody. It's another thing to spend three days with them. It's another thing to spend three years with them. And you're going to do that and make better decisions based on, like, all right, a full body. Like, you know, sure, I've done a lot of crazy stuff in my life, bad things. You know, my mom's not proud of a lot of things I've done. But I know that she's proud of the man I'm becoming, mm -hmm. right, and who I'm becoming. And, and that's what's important to me. It's like when I enter heaven one day, and I got to answer to God for all the things that I have to answer for. It's like, am I going to be able to like, and again, we're, none of us are worthy. Right. But can we, can we have enough of, can we use our stories of struggle? Right. Cause we all have them to help other people and inspire them to be better, become better humans. So that way, when we all become better humans together, we're all going to keep rising up. Right. And I think that this world needs that more important than, than any, any time right now. Ain't that the truth? A lot of good stuff there, man. I'm trying to take my notes over here. A little, I see them. Words. I see them. I tried to just do the scribble words. That's right what here. I do, and I like because it helps me focus a little bit more. And then, I like, I write a note down because you don't want to interrupt. And then yeah. I do the same thing on my podcast. You can't judge on a micro moment. I like that. I'm gonna use that one. That's what I got right. If I read just some good ones. Yeah, because you might see me go do something stupid. Like I could go out here right now, and you might not even know the context. I could go say something to that lady. I might be joking or something like that. You know, ah, oh, he's a show off. Mm. And then you never see me again. And then you just a label attached because of your own world or whatever you thought that was. You boom, quick cast the judgment. Didn't really have a conversation. Didn't really get to understand the person. And you might after having a conversation, be like, yeah, yeah, he's an asshole. He's he sucks. He's like, you know, that's sure, mate. But again, at the end of the day, dude, he that guy's on a journey. That girl's on a journey. We're all we all want to be good people, right? Like deep down inside, even the even the thugs in the street that are killing people every day. They want to be good. It's inherent inside of them. The world has beat them up. And the environment has caused that. And they don't know another way. Until someone comes in and tries to, like, whether well, something bad happens, and then they have to go search, like, get you out of the comfort zone one way or the other. Or you can, like, maybe hear this podcast and say, yeah, I'm struggling with something, man. I need to get some help. And, like, maybe it starts at an AA meeting and you surround yourself with some other people that are roofers in recovery, right? Like, there's a lot of good, you know, we all know kind of where to go for help. At the end of the day, we just don't want to go there because we're afraid of what that might expose. And we're afraid to have to deal with it because sometimes it's just easier to sit and, like, just 
try to tough it out and not talk about our feelings and be, you know, and be Mr. Tough Guy. You know, Mitch, you know, we talked about my final question for you. I'll start with myself, okay? Um, you know, we talk about you got to put up there what you want to achieve. You know, is it plain if that's what you want or mm -hmm. move through the why? And then how are we going to get there? What are the actionable steps that are going to make us ensure us that we're going to reach there? Maybe even act like you got a film crew following you. Would you go to bed at 8 o'clock or would you do the things you're not supposed to do or would you show the film crew, no, I stay up and I work? Uh, Why aren't you supposed to do that? That's the question I would ask. You see, that's in your head. So what do you mean? Go to 8? Well, like, yeah, like, well, I mean, if you think, like, you know, I don't know whatever you think. I don't know if you think 8 o'clock's great or 12 o'clock's good, but who cares? It's whatever. It's it's their life. Yeah. So you know, there's no right there's no right or wrong way to get there. So when I say the 8 o'clock, well, let's say you're hungover one day, it's a Sunday. And you decide, you know what, I've had enough of this. Now, you know you got a project due the next day. Let's, I don't know what it is. You've got something in school due. Um, and you know that, hey, listen, if I get up the next morning and I try to do this all in one morning, it's not going to work like I want it to. And then, in my opinion, the person is already lost at that point in some way. Now, the reason is because they're already having a conversation inside of their head. And in order to get that conversation completed, a compromise will have to be made on one side of your head or the not. And you'll have to make a choice not to make that compromise. The compromise, well, I get up early in the morning. That's fine. I'll just get up early. Or you could work on it and push through knowing that you procrastinated that, that putting that on, and you can stop the bad choice now. The procrastinating was number one. The going out drinking was number two. So now the choice is do I stop that or do I continue it by procrastinating until the morning? So I think in my head sometimes more in examples than in a broader Sure. Way. Yeah, it's just more of like, it's like, like the standard and then communication, right? So, if, like, for instance, if it's like a project or something like that, it's like, all right, because you're going to be letting somebody else down if you don't finish it, right? It's usually for someone else, right? Like if there's something going on. So open communication. Can you go to that person and be vulnerable? Like, Patrick, if you give me a deadline and you tell me, hey, man, you got to go produce this episode for me. I got to, you know, I'm going to send your film crew out. I need it done on July 30th, you know, boom. And I call you on July 29th. Like, I could not call you. I might not. You know, some guys might not call you. They just might leave you hanging, right? Sure. Or they might call you. Oh, you know, I'm not going to get it done. Or the better way to handle sometime when you have, like, done something that, you know, is not ideal is to, like, hey, I'm struggling with this. This is what's happening. I think I have a way to fix it. You know, what do you think about this? Being open and honest. But you can't be open and honest with people until you, you establish a trust level, until there's, like, vulnerability-based trust where you can be open and honest. And that's the bottom foundation of a pyramid. Then, you know, how do we resolve conflict with each other? Yeah, and good conflict, there's good conflict and bad conflict. Me and you could argue all day about the best way to, to produce a show. Sure. But if we trust each other and we love each other, we can like decide to disagree to disagree. And then let's just say we have to do a project together. Well, someone's got to make a choice and then we need to commit to it together. Like, let's say we go with the Patrick way and it's not the Ben way. All right, cool. We're going the Patrick way. I got to leave that room. Dude, we're doing it this way. It's so exciting because if I leave that room and I'm like, oh, yeah, Patrick made that decision, man. I'm not doing it that way. I wasn't really bonding. I just said that. And like, you know, now you start talking. That's, that's when the drama and the gossip and all the and all stuff. So you have to have that commitment because then with commitment becomes accountability because now we can account for each other, mm -hmm. right? And then when you have accountability, you can get results. That's the Patrick Lencioni Trust Triangle, Five Dysfunctions of a Team. It's a great book to read. It's really helped me a lot with team building and understanding a lot about myself. Because, again, if you don't – how am I going to trust you if I don't trust myself? <laughs> i got to trust myself first, and I'm hoping that you trust yourself. So then that way when we come together, that marriage, whatever that looks like, friendship, business relationship, husband, wife, brother, sister, doesn't matter. We're all human. 
Like it has to start with that foundation of vulnerability-based trust. Thing to do, man. Tough thing to do. I'll, I'll admit that I am not a pro at that. That's for damn sure. That's because the world's been beating you up. Um, right? Perhaps. I, but I think that the world beats me up far less than what I beat up myself. Well, that too. But that, but the reason that you, it's inside the head is because the world started chipping away at that. And then because, again, we're afraid to, like, ask questions or talk or, like, you know, like, find out what's going on because we're, we're afraid. It's, it all comes back to fear and insecurity. There, we're not able to, um, uh, we're not able to, like, uh, man, I lost what I was going to say. It's like we're not able... I literally just lost what I was going to say. Well, I got a final question here for yeah. you. I was going to say this, but, you know, we talk about all of that stuff, and I have an interesting one that people, I don't know, they tear apart, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say what mine is here. I've been asked before, like, how do you, you know, what's, what does a successful show look like to you when you do this? Or how will you know you have a successful podcast out there in the world? Um, is it a million subscribers, or is your business having $10 million? What does success look like for you? And for me, there's always been one thing, all right? And it's a short story I'm going to tell you in about four sentences here. That I will go down to Miami, and I am going to get a red convertible Ferrari. I'm going to buy it. Leather, it has a tan leather interior. Mm. Um, and it's convertible. And I'm going to drive over that bridge that goes from Miami to Miami Beach. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah, I know the bridge. Yeah. And I'm going to sit there and be a girl right there on my right, be looking good, hair blowing in the wind. Blonde or brunette? Brunette, actually. All right, good. So it's brunette. And I'm listening to In the Air Tonight. Who? Phil the Collins. remix. The remix. Oh. There's one from the movie Miami Vice. Okay. Everyone. And it's a rock version of it, okay? A little bit beatier on yeah. the drums. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So I go over this bridge. It's like 6.30, 7 o'clock at night. Sun's going down. It's oh, like yeah. a Miami sunset. And I'm listening to da-da-da-da-da-da. And I'm just going about 100, 110, going over the bridge. Girl's got her hair in the wind. And I'm going over to probably someplace it shouldn't be, but I, I'm telling you that this vision that I have in my head is something that happens, I'm not going to say daily because it doesn't, weekly, 100%. But it is this weird thing, and I remember I told my best friend this once not too long ago. He goes, what are you talking about, man? We'll go down to Miami right now. I'll find a girl at one of the clubs, put her in the car, we'll rent the, we'll rent the thing that you want. Go over the bridge, bro, and you can make it today. <laughs> I said, no. I know in my heart it's going to be at a, the right time. And, yeah, people will say it's Ferrari, kind of, you know, and it is just so. So Miami. And egotistic. Yeah. just so played out. Mid-'80s Miami Ferrari Testarossa. But when I came up with this, I'm watching Miami Vice, and there's <laughs> a scene in this thing. The cops are going over. Or they, they're police officers, but they're also undercover drug dealers, and it's fun. And I'm just like, there's going to be that moment. I'm going to have it at sunset, and I know I'm going to break down after it. Because that, for me, is going to be, you did it, Patrick. And people will say, that's crazy. But for me, it's this moment that I'm chasing. And it's not so much that. It's this feeling that I'm chasing that I've had since you know, it was in the early 90s watching that movie. That to go, okay, Patrick, you did it for this portion. And I think at that time in my life, there'll be a new goal that has presented itself. I just got this feeling that it'll be that way. But this one I want to achieve. I, my question to that is, how does how does Benny Fisher know I made it? I did it right. I'm doing it. I'm already. I'm already. I already feel successful. I already know that the journey 
because I've had, I've done some of those things and I didn't make me happy. Like I, I like looked around, I'm like, that's it. <laughs> I'm like, all right, what's next? And like, if you want to live in a constant state of like having to like work again, because we're programmed to work, you know, as Americans and like, you know, as coming from hardworking families and wanting all this stuff, right? We like have to work to get there. But when you know, like for me, it's like just having a conversation with you and you sharing a little bit about what what's going on in your life and what maybe some of your dreams, like that, like that makes my heart like happy. It may not be the same goal that I have, but like the fact that like you visualize it, you're like, you're, and you're well, willing to talk about it. And I would just, you know, say that like at the end of the day, try to think of something bigger than that. Oh yeah. Sure. Try to think of something um, that's beyond something that you'll never actually be able to get to. But that, like, you're going to enjoy doing all the way up until you're 110 years old. And every morning when you wake up out of bed, you're excited about it. And, like, you, like, you're just, your heart's filled with joy because you just love what you do, you know. And, you know, the results will come. Like, I mean, things will come in, like, droves that, like, you can't even imagine, you know. Um, here, I'll give you a little bit. So just, you know, since you were honest with me about the Ferrari thing, I actually just told somebody... You know, because like people like to hear like what the cool crazy stuff is. I want to take a private jet with like some of my friends in business or my and my family, and I want to go to Dubai because I want to be I want to invite I want to be invited to speak at a global conference on love and forgiveness, and I want to be able to take a private jet from Pittsburgh to Dubai, and I want to be able to impact thousands of world leaders to then go off into their places and hopefully take that message and impact those people. Now I know that's a big freaking hairy goal, right? Like that's nuts. Right. And then my business partner the other day, he's like, by the way, I was asking one of my buddies who actually knows what it costs. Like, he, you know, he's like, do you know, it's going to be like 250. And I was like, yeah, the money's relative. Somebody's going to pay for me to go there. I'm not like, I'm not actually paying. Like somebody's going to invite me and they're going to send me, they're going to send the jet for me. Like, I'm not like just cause I'm too cheap to write a check for that. Like I'm not really, but like, that's not how I want to get there. I don't want to get there on my own accord. I want somebody to think, oh, wow, there's enough value here that, like, we need this person to, like, share his journey and his, his perspective on life. Because I really do feel like it's inspired from God to, like, be able to share this message of, like, love and forgiveness. Because I think more people need forgiveness first and then lo the love will come. Um, but lo that love and forgiveness thing has really helped, really transformed my life. Um, because you got to start loving yourself and forgive yourself first. And it starts with grace. Mm. I named my, my, my new daughter that I have. She's four and a half months old. Her middle name is Grace. It was on purpose, man. Because I need a reminder every day. That, like, I need to have a little bit more grace for myself. Like, because we're going to fail. We're going to have a little stumbling blocks. But that's not where it's. That's just like a little. That's like a little. Like Jay-Z said, oh, you got a little dirt off your shoulder, right? Like, I ain't no big deal. Like, you just need to be surrounded by people that you trust that aren't going to judge you for that little, that little problem. And they're going to help pick you up. So that way you can help pick them up and help other people. Right. And it's, that's kind of my message. I like it, man. Glad I got a chance to get that last part out of you right there. Yeah. You know, I'm going to tell you, let me tell you what I take away from this, everybody. And then telling people how to get in touch with you. That's all right. I've just been writing some stuff down here, everyone. You know, you can, I like this thing that you said, man, ideas, but they lack action, action, but no process and people, but you don't pour into them. Um, I think that, that if everyone can look at, Hey, do I have ideas? Am I taking action? Am I building relationships right now on whatever you want to achieve? I think you will figure out very quickly 
whether it is something that is actually moving in that direction or not. I'm going to take away from you personally, Benny. I'm going to tell you this. Uh, I think you've got a real love for people. I don't know where it came from or because, you know, we didn't really dive into your past, but I really do think that you have that. I think you've got a passion for people and helping them and raising them up. As we say, the carousel I've gotten written down. I hope you get that at a 3D model. Yeah. Um, you do seem to pour energy into your relationships. So I think down here, I think you build those within people. And the final thing I want to say here is this, something you just said, forgiving yourself, forgiving others. Maybe a very, very difficult thing for people to kind of roll their head around as maybe they don't feel very worthy. Um, so those are some of the things I want to take away from you. I hope that your private jet comes quickly. And uh, Whatever. I think that per I think that perhaps the world would be a better world if it does. Um, and uh, I didn't know what to think as I sit down with you here. We've we've had some talks in passing, but um, your passion and love for people and raising them up is something that, in my opinion, well, it's obvious right now. Um, and I hope it continues, man. The world could use a hell of a lot more of that. Um, so thank you very much. All right. Thanks for having me, man. Um, I appreciate it. How does someone get in touch with you? If you? We'll put it across the bottom of the screen right now. Yeah, you just go to BennyFisher.com, and then all my socials are on there. I, I'm, I'm probably the most active on Facebook direct messages or Instagram direct messages, but Facebook mostly. Um, sometimes it takes me three or four days to get back on Instagram. Um, you can email me, Ben, at thebigfishco.com. Um, yeah, all my contact information should be around. Great. I'm well, easy to get a hold of. You, you are, man. You're on that stuff, and I know you are. It's great. Uh, folks, he talks a lot about sales, and he does some marketing stuff, brand building, all of that. We that's all boring to me. Yeah, it's all boring. That's just to get about people, that. that's just get the, that's just, you know what that is? That's the hook. When I do a workshop or I do something with a team, we're talking about all the stuff we just talked about. They don't remember, like, they don't remember all that stuff. They remember how they feel and, like, the, the bigger picture. Because everything else gets easier once you have that big picture in mind. Well, I truly appreciate you giving the time. I'm happy we were able to work it out at this time around rather than having to wait till the next time, okay? So thank you very much. Thank you to your crews doing their job. They've been filming and stuff. So um, until next time, everybody, get in touch with this guy. And I know he's going to make a positive impact in your life, whether business or personal. Take it easy, everyone.